This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to be Nation. Welcome to another episode of Extreme Resurrection. I'm James Gruenberg. Fans, tonight we do have to say goodbye for a little while. My host, my co-host partner, Michael Cook. Things have come up for Michael Cook and he has bowed out to Extreme Resurrection. But have no fear. In the nick of time, I picked up a new... uh, a, a, a new extremist to the podcast, and he is he is Mr. Steve Riddle. You can find Steve all over the place to be pop feed. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I am doing good. Glad to be glad to be back again. And uh, yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate there for Mike, but hopefully, I'll be able to uh, fill his shoes uh, as the co-host. Yep. So the last time, Steve, we covered. We watched actually and covered uh, ECW's uh, disastrous December to Dismember, and let's recap. We have a new ECW heavyweight champion, and it's Bobby Lashley. Um, what did you think of Bobby Lashley winning the Elimination Chamber? I mean, it's you know, it it was what it was. I mean, they clearly saw him as the uh, as the guy to kind of leave that brand um, into uh, 2007 as the champion. And um, yeah, I mean, it was just. Um, I mean, the match was. I mean, the match itself was fine. I thought he looked. You know, he looked pretty strong in there. Um, looked really dominant, um, taking out Big Show and um, kind of put that uh, final uh, nail in the coffin almost of what's um, what this brand was originally supposed to be when it started right after a one night stand. Yes, indeed. And uh, there's going to be a lot of new uh, two, two changes within the following weeks we're covering. So let's, let's dive right into it. Shall we? Let's do it. Okay, this is ECW, December 5th, 2006. We're live in Charleston, South Carolina. We have a recap of the elimination chain of the extreme elimination chamber from December to dismember. And like we said off the bat, Bobby Lashley was victorious on that Sunday as he defeated Tess, RBD, CM Punk, Hardcore Holly, and the big show in the, in the extreme elimination chamber. Now we cut to a promo with a very upset, you know, puffy-eyed Paul Heyman. And this uh, was a pre-recorded 
promo on the WWE.com website. And Paul Heyman cuts promo and says, the big show brought ECW to great heights. And he will get his rematch tonight as well. I mean, he he was the fav- he was the champion of ECW in 2006. I don't know how far back Paul was going. Like, you know, well, hopefully he wasn't saying that ECW uh, Big Show was the face of ECW in the 90s because that would have been bad if he was thinking that. No, I think he was just um, referencing the, since they've been back on since after one night stand, and I'm torn on the promo. I mean, it was a, I mean, he, it was a fine promo by Paul. You know, like I said, putting Big Show over, but just the the crying and just the the glad hand in this has felt a little much. Like I, I think you could tell just by the, the tone of his voice that he just wanted to get the hell out of out of there. And I mean, even even by at the, at the end of the program where he's just like, I'm done with this. Like, I think that was um almost a little bit like shooty there. Like he he clearly was done with everything. I thought he was kind of like work shooting, sh- shooting a little bit more than like a work shoot style promo. Like I thought the tears and everything were like, OK, he sad the big shows lost. But I also thought that he was really just sad about, you know, the way things ended between him and Vince. And they make um, um, Joey Styles and Taz also make reference that um, Paul Heyman was dismissed by Vince McMahon as well. So I thought the tears were that like he was upset also that it came to this bad blood between him and Vince McMahon as well. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Never really would have thought of that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's like you said, you know, this vision he had when it started is completely off, you know, not what it, it is now. So I think, again, I think he just wanted to um, to get out of there. Yeah. So he said Paul does say that he's done and that and he leaves. So tonight we will get the big show versus Bobby Lashley one more time for the ECW title as big show invokes his invokes his rematch clause. And on a further note, that is the last time that Paul Heyman is in ECW and WWE until 2012. So it takes a while for them to, you know, reconcile and for Paul to come back. Six years seems like the long the longest time that Paul Heyman has been away. He's been he's been sent home, like he's been gone for a couple of months, you know, after like screwing something else up. But this was really the final nail in the coffin. And I think he goes to, he goes to TNA in 2010 when they do like, you know, ECW um I don't know if he I don't think he was there, but uh they made reference to him in TNA when they were doing the uh ECW guys coming in for like, you know, hardcore justice when they were doing ECW versus TNA. So a six year stretch. Yeah, well it's a long time and like you said, there's you know all those rumors that he was gonna go elsewhere and you know, you would only, you know, hear about him when he was, I think it was like writing articles for the sun and anytime something about Brock came up and 
you know, it, it was a because I mean, it was a shock because he had a really good run since he debuted in, you know, 2001, you know, when he was, you know, a commentator and then, um, you know, acting as a manager and also working behind the scenes. And, you know, he was a, you know, big creative force behind a lot of things, um, you know, with WWE. I mean, we don't get the SmackDown six without him. I mean, that's how crucial he was to the company um and I, I i know for me like a lot of people never expected that he would come back when he did and the crazy part is like since he's been back in 2012 he's been around longer now now than his initial run you know at this time which is crazy to think yeah and well like even when paul Heyman left you know and came back he didn't miss a beat. He still had his voice and being the advocate and still cutting all these strong promos with whoever he is given the mic for, you know, like whether it's CM Punk or, you know, it's back to Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Now, you know, he, Paul Heyman does not miss a beat no matter how long he has gone for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. So we are live at Char- in Charleston, South Carolina. We start off with Rob Van Dam and CM Punk versus Test and Hardcore Holly. Off the bat, Steve, you can tell that these guys are really beaten up from the Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. Def- yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, RVD is bandit- bandaged up. Punk's guy, I think, got like the wrap on his arm. And you know, they were definitely uh, feeling the effects from that uh, from that match. Yep, and uh, Rob Van Dam cuts a small little uh, Mike promo saying that he thought it was BS that Sabu got taken out of the Elimination Chamber because Sabu got, was supposed to be in it, but he got attacked backstage and Hardcore Holly took his place. So he dedicates this match to Sabu. Ahura Karana to Hardcore Holly. A split-legged moonsault by RVD. Uh, then Tess beats up RVD on the outside. And then Tess is basically giving RVD a beatdown. Beat a, spinning, a spinning heel kick to, to hardcore. And then uh, CM Punk comes in. And Anda kind of Vikes grip to, to hardcore Holly. But then the Riot Squad, uh, Paul Heyman's personal security, the guys with, uh, you know, the mask and the Riot gear and the nightsticks, they come out. That is also the Basham brothers. That is Doug and Danny Basham under those uh, helmets, Steve. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, I, I remember reading that somewhere that, that it was that, that that's who it was. <laughs> I don't know why they decided to take that gig, but um <laughs> Yeah, so then the Riot Squad beats up Punk, and then actually Sabu comes down to the ring. He he cleans house. RVD hits a frog splash on the Riot Squad, and then a face buster by Sabu. So RVD and CM Punk win by disqualification. I gave it a star and a quarter, Steve. I liked it, but think. They got to have clear finishes, you know. I feel like we've been seeing DQ after DQ after DQ, and we need to have clear winners here. Yeah, I agree. Um, I went a star and a half. Um, 
I thought it was building up to what could have been a nice little um nice little match here, but yeah, then the then the riot squad gets involved and it's funny because it's it's almost like this is the antithesis of what the original ECW was, where there was like, you know, no DQs at all during that, you know, with there and like here, like you said, it's like, you know, so many of them um I, I gotta say though, kudos to Sabu for doing what he did because he still had his arm in that sling, and he's still around, you know, out there flying around and hitting that Arabian face buster. So, um, you know, kudos to him on that one. But um, yeah, I mean, again, simple match didn't go that long. I think it was just under four minutes, and um, yeah, really, um, I guess they just wanted to, I guess they wanted to protect Holly and Test um, a little bit more, but they could have gone a little bit of a better way to to do this. And I do think also that, um, you know, the guys were beaten up and they weren't going to go really that hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we were only like um, a few days removed from that show, from the pay-per-view. So they yeah. obviously were still feeling the effects. So now we have Davari versus Tommy Dreamer. And again, it's all highlights from uh, December to Dismember. And the great Kali slammed hardcore, I mean, uh, slammed Tommy Dreamer into uh, into the stage or the uh, the ramp. And uh, so Tommy Dreamer is just getting beaten down by the beaten down by, um, you know, the great Kali and Davari. He's been getting beat up uh, by them for like a little while now. And, uh, you know, they had their little skirmish at uh, December to dismember. And now we're back with them again. Here on ECW, Davari takes advantage of of an injured uh, Tommy Dreamer because Stephen Tommy comes all bandaged up and bruised uh, too. So, mm-hmm. so well, we, basically, yeah. Uh, well, go I was about to say, well, when you get um, slammed onto a metal stage, you'll you're gonna you're gonna be feeling it for a few days. Yep. So, you know, Davari just works on Tommy because he's taking advantage of uh, the injury that Tommy has sustained. But then, you know, Tommy Dreamer just comes back and DDTs Davari for the win. I gave it a half a star. Uh, It wasn't really much of a match, you know. It was just, okay, you know, uh, you take advantage of me and then I'm going to make my comeback and DDT. Bada bing, bada boom. And Tommy gets the win. However, the great Kali comes out and slams Tommy into a chair. So we're still continuing this uh, feud. Hopefully down the line, we get Tommy Dreamer versus the great Kali. Because either that's going to be a squash or that's going to be a great match. Yeah, I, I give this a quarter star. This made zero sense. It's like you spent that you you know put Davari over at the pay per view, and then here you have him job in uh, nine you know almost ninety seconds. It just made zero sense. And then like you, and then you just have Kali um, destroy Tommy at the end anyway. It's like it just it, it, I, I don't know. It's just it's like to quote our good friend K, uh, Tim Capel, what are we doing? Like, like yeah. seriously, what are we doing? Like, and uh, if if the whole goal of it was to eventually build to Dreamer and Kali at some point, you know that's fine. But you know, why give, why bother giving Davari that win at the pay per view when you're just going to job him on TV? You know, just job him here on TV. It made no sense. Yeah, you got me on that one. So now we get a we get a promo by the Big Show. 
he Big Show's promo here was really good. He does have a a point that it took Bobby Lashley and four other men in the elimination chamber to beat the Big Show. And he states that Bobby Lashley cannot beat the Big Show one-on-one. So we're going to find out what happens tonight in, in our main event. I, I kind of like this promo a little bit better than Paul's promo. I agree, yeah. I think um, Big Show, even though he's kind of probably in the same mindset that he's just ready to go, um, He's you know he knows what he's going to do, and that's to get Lashley over. Although I do have to... Um, poke the hole in his logic here that he said it took, you know, five guys to essentially beat him at the pay-per-view to finally get the tile off him. But if you watch the pay, but if you watch the match, he doesn't get in the, sh- the match until only Lashley's left. So technically Lashley did defeat him one-on-one. <laughs> so a uh, little, um, kind of a lack of lot, you know, kind of the, uh, old, um, if you're not thinking, unless you're really thinking about it, you know, you don't, you know, you kind of realize, wait a minute, he actually doesn't make a lot of sense here, but I get the point he was trying to get across. He's been this dominant champion for so long. And it took, you know, this insane structure to finally take him down. And now we'll see if Lashley can, uh, can beat him one-on-one. Cause I think um, one thing we didn't mention was in Paul's promo was that um, in their match, weapons will not be allowed. So it'll be a straight one-on-one match. And I think that was also the point Big Show was trying to get, get across is that in a straight-up one-on-one match, Lashley can't beat them. Ah, yes. Uh, very good point as well, Steve, that uh, in a straight man-to-man, one-on-one, you know, do, uh, can't use weapons. And, you know, can, you can get counted out. Can Bobby Lashley overcome the Big Show? Mano y mano. And that's what we're going to find out tonight. However, before we get to that match, we have a Divas contest. And again, we're showing highlights from we're showing highlights from the the pay-per-view, how Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly were in a tag team match against Ariel and Kevin Thorne. And Mike Knox walked out of of Kelly Kelly during the match and uh, Ariel just went off and Picks up the win, makes Kelly submit, picks up the win against uh, her. And so Kevin Thorne and Kel, uh, Kevin Thorne and Ariel win at December two December. Kelly Kelly is crying here, and Steve, I have to ask you: Do you think she's crying because she's scared of Ariel, or she's crying because she cannot do this and cannot wrestle? <laughs> Uh, probably a little bit of both. Also, probably still feeling betrayed by Knox. Um, so you know, it's just it's all these uh, all these emotions um, overflowing from her. Just uh, yeah, <laughs> that's really all I can say. My gosh, this is terrible. Ariel beats on Kelly Kelly, and then Kelly gets a surprise pin. Roll up. I went a dud because this may this is one of those that makes no sense, but it just leads to the climatic finish of Mike Knox versus Kelly. So this is a dud because Kelly Kelly is not a wrestler. She's an exhibitionist or a dancer or however you want to put it, Steve. Yeah, I went um I with you. I went dead as well. First off though, Ariel 
Hachi Machi, man. I always um, thought she was one of the hottest things divas they've had. It's kind of a shame they didn't um, they didn't do more with her. Um, I thought she had a lot of potential, and yeah, just again, you know, what are we what are we doing? You know, they put they put Ariel over Kelly at the pay per view that you know that Ke- you know Kelly can't um, can't win you know after Knox walks out, but then here she's able to surprise her in less than a minute. Like what the hell? Yeah, so this is this is bad. It's yeah, it's bad. I think it was. I think it was just to put you know get this out of the way because it's it was more about what happens afterwards. Yeah. So after Kelly Kelly gets the pin on Ariel, Mike Knox comes out with flowers and asks Kelly to forgive him, and then. You know, Mike just goes, oh, man, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, I'm dumping you. You know, you don't deserve. Mike is saying that a woman like Kelly does not deserve a man like Mike. So Kelly gets dumped on live national television. And she's saying, like, he's like, oh, you know, I was I'm your biggest fan, you know, and uh I I loved you and you didn't support me. So, you know, all this, you know, love nonsense of that Mike is the victim, but really it's Kelly. And Mike throws the flowers at her and then out of nowhere gives her a swinging neck breaker. Did you expect that to happen, Steve? No. what What a jerk he is. I mean, you know, coming out, you know, with the like you said, with the suit and the roses, make it seem like everything's gonna be okay. Although I do have to say, um, Kelly, you know, I don't, you know, and this is not a knock on her. The fact that you know she's a blonde, but you know, maybe she should have been a little smarter than, than this to just you know to take to just take him right back. But um, but yeah, then it's like you know he insults her and then throwing the flower, you know, hitting her with the flowers is one thing, but then actually giving her that um that Waking neck breaker. Which I don't think it had a na- I don't think he had a name for it, but if you those that watch it, it's the move that eventually becomes you know Sister Abigail that Bray Wyatt used to do, and <laughs> I mean, do we not get enough? Did they not you know learn their lesson from the fact that they got called you know got shit for when um Sandman hit her and that you know hit her in the head with a cane? I mean, let's not forget this girl is you know is you know what nineteen years old and. I you know, now so, she's yes. now, yeah. Now she's taking a um, you know, taking this move from uh, from Mike Knox, who's not you know, you know, not probably the safest guy you know on the on their roster. And yeah. what made it even weirder was um, of all people, Taz jumped in to uh, to help out Kelly. I don't know if they were doing planning something with like Knox and Taz. I mean that you know, I don't know. I fathom to think what that match would have been like, but it just seemed kind of weird of all that of all pe- people, Taz would be the one to um, kind of check on Kelly, make sure she was okay. Gosh, I wish we got Taz versus Mike Knox, you know, Taz being the ECW veteran against the most greenest of green professional wrestlers. Mm, that, that, uh, ugh. I shudder to think. <laughs> yeah, I know. Taz isn't, uh, the, like, Mike wouldn't be the saviest guy to work with against Taz of all the with all of Taz's injuries, too. Right? Yeah, I mean, Taz retired. So, 
we get the so now it's time steve for the main event of the night it is for the ecw title it is the big show versus bobby lashley lashley is on lashley starts unloading on the big show until the big show gets an elbow in big show starts giving a bear hug to lashley lashley tries to slam the big show but big show falls on him Big Show is basically just dominating Lashley. He Lashley gives him a shoulder tackle, takes out Big Show's knees, and then Big Show gives Lashley a big clothesline, a suplex to Lashley, another shoulder tackle by Lashley off the top of the turnbuckle. So he gets on the turnbuckle and he jumps off and does the big, uh, big shoulder, big shoulder tackle there. Lashley gets choke slam but he kicks out and then Lashley slams Big Show but this is like where like it seemed a little bit botched um you know because he couldn't lift him up all the way so it seemed a little botched here the first time and uh he only gets a two count the Big Show kicks out but then Lashley again he body slams the Big Show for the pin for the one, two, three. So your winner and still ECW champion is Bobby Lashley. So Steve, did you see the um did you see the first time he slams Big Show that he couldn't get him up all the way? Yeah, he definitely um you could tell he's uh, either like you know picked him up too fast or whatever or he just lost his grip on him, but you know. Give him credit, you know, he kept him at least somewhat, you know, protected him, you know, drop him on his head a la, you know, Kevin Nash, uh, Kevin Nash sold out 98. Yeah, so at least Big Show, at least uh, Bobby learned how to protect Big Show from uh, from getting hurt. I win a star in three quarters, Steve. I like the dominant performance of Bobby here and uh, the Big Show, too. Uh, I believe if this is Big Show swan song. He did go out uh, putting over Bobby Lashley cleanly by letting Bobby lift him up and uh, slamming him for the pin. So I want to star in three quarters. Hmm. So when I saw the um, the runtime for the match, I was like, I was like, oh my god, because I, I was like dreading it. It's like seventeen minutes of this, and I was not looking forward to it. But to be honest, I actually maybe it was the mood I was in, but I actually really enjoyed the match. I actually gave it two and three quarters. Um, I I just, I like the story it told, you know, big show using his size and his strength to beat Lashley down. Lashley kept, you know, chopping away at him, chopping away, trying to, you know, knock him down, knock, you know, um, finally, you know, thing he does. And like you said, you know, pulls out those, um, those slams, which, you know, botched or not, that's still, you know, great, impressive showing of strength there by Lashley to, you know, pick up 500 pounds or probably even more. Cause I mean, this is probably, you know, big show was probably at his, like his heaviest at this point in his career. And, you know, Lashley picking him up like that is no small feat. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, the crowd was into it. They were really behind Lashley. And, um, like you said, if this is the last we see of the big show, he went out, you know, on a high note, put over, put over Lashley strong, you know, and it kind of caps off what was, I mean, you could argue was big shows, you know, best year in the company, you know, he's been there since 99, you know, it's always, you know, been kind of told about how he was, you know, his booking and how he's never looked really dominant for any period of time. But from the time he won the title back in July till the chamber. And then now 
mean, he's looked amazing, you know. I mean, considering how physically, you know, out of shape he was and how, uh, you know, when you just look at him, he looks like he's, you know, near death at times. But he, he pulls it together and put on some really good stuff. So, you know, kudos to him. And uh, I think, you know, this was definitely um, kind of the final, you know, like I said, you know, I kind of I said how uh, the chamber was kind of like the final nail in the coffin for the original ECW, but this more so because you know Paul's gone, Big Show's now gone, probably going to be gone. Lashley's now the champion, and you can and um, you can tell that they are definitely headed in a new direction going into uh, to 2007. Yes, indeed. So yeah, um, you know, if this is Big Show's last match uh, in WWE for now, he did a really great job putting over Bobby. All right, Steve, well, let's, why don't we uh, dive into our next uh, episode? Uh, This is ECW, December 16th, 2006. We're live in Boston, Massachusetts tonight, and this is not, this wasn't original this wasn't on a tuesday on sci-fi this was on a saturday night on the sci-fi channel eight o'clock on saturday night not the best time do you think for ecw on a saturday night uh it was interesting i mean but i know this was they were around the time you know this was you know late december they were probably getting into their uh their christmas you know scheduling so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if something was like going on on that Tuesday on Sci-Fi that they moved it here to Saturday, but it was definitely kind of uh, it was kind of cool to see uh, see it on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like if you had nothing to do, you know, you couldn't go out and watch wrestling on Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so we do get a recap of the Big Show versus Bobby Lashley for the ECW title from last week. And I, I believe, yeah, last week was Big Show, Paul White's last match in the WWE. I don't know what you heard about it, Steve, but I heard, like, conflicting reports that, again, it felt like Big Show was in the doghouse like he was in um, summer of 2000, where he needed to lose weight. And he just flat out refused. And that's when he goes to OVW and comes back in the Royal Rumble 2001. And even Undertaker was like pissed off him at, um, you know, uh, before SummerSlam 2000. And that's that was like a nail in the coffin for Big Show's 2000 run because he doesn't come back until the Royal Rumble 2001. Here he's really he does look out of shape. He's 450 pounds, give or take. Um, he he looks bad. Like he he looks bad here. You know, like he said he had back issues and all, but I do think it was the weight problem. And he, he's gone until No Way Out 2008. Yeah, I don't think this was a similar. I don't think this is similar to 2000, where they he was being punished. I think um, he was at that point where he just kind of realized, you know, I need to get off the road. I need to get myself, you know, healthy. Otherwise, I'm not going to be long for this world. Because I think I remember they actually offered him a new contract, and he had to decline it because you know he just cared about his health. And because um, 
the rumors around that time was he was being considered for Mania that year. Um, and like I, you know, there were rumors like it was going to be him and Hogan and or him and somebody, you know, somebody else. But um, I think he just kind of saw saw where he was at that point in his life. It was just like I gotta, you know, I just gotta step away for a bit because when we see him come back. You know, in 2008, he looks fantastic. I mean, he, you know, dropped all that weight. He, you know, that was when it was during that time he took a boxing and he looked great. And as we, you know, as we talk down, you know, it's 2022 and, you know, he's still going at some capacity, you know, just, you know, on not on a full time basis in uh, AEW, but at least on a part time basis. So I think um, he made the right decision to uh, to step away at this point. Yeah, I heard that rumor as well that um, it might have been the Battle of the Billionaires. Like the original idea was Hulk Hogan in Donald Trump's corner and the big show in Vince McMahon's corner. You know, that would have been like really, like really insane, but like a really great match. I mean, I don't know how Hogan was in 2007, but uh, I think Hogan at WrestleMania 23 would have blown the roof off, too, because the fans are still behind Hogan. Right, and it would have and it would have made sense because obviously, since that show was going to be in Detroit, and it was twenty years since WrestleMania three, it would have you know tied into to Hogan and Andre. Yeah, well, what could have been? <laughs> and it would have also made sense with you know Big Show because if you obviously remember in ninety five when he debuted as the Giant, they they pushed him as Andre's son, so yeah, it all, t- oh it all ties boy. together. All these ties, yeah. I actually met the Big Show um in two thousand twenty two at uh, WrestleCon uh, WrestleMania weekend. I had to compromise. I was like, Yeah, Big Show's here. I'll go say hi and uh, get a picture with him. You know, so <laughs> he was a really nice guy, and uh, you know, I talked to him about. Uh, how um, he was told uh, when he was going to win the uh, WWE title. He said, I was, I found out that day, you know, they told me uh, you're winning tonight. I was like, why? They go, yeah, you're going to win the title. It's like, okay. You know, and Austin <laughs> got hit by a car. Right. <laughs> I feel like everyone says that. It's like, he probably knew a week before, <laughs> you know, but maybe he, maybe he didn't, but uh, you know, so Big Show's still looking good after all these years. So, yeah, so the Big Show is gone, and uh, we are moving. It seems like we're moving into a new direction. So let's see how this ECW goes, because there's no Paul Heyman, and there's no there's no Big Show here either. We kick off with Rob Van Dam versus Test. You know, they uh, Test and RVD, they go, they go on offense on each other, a standing moonsault. Uh, by RVD, a diving somersault onto Test onto the outside, then a diving leg drop onto Test. Van Dam goes to the top, but is uh, pushed off by Test. So uh, they cut to a commercial, and then when they come back from the commercial, um, you know, Test is dominating RVD. But then RVD kicks Test in the face. Test clotheslines RVD for a two count, a diving sidekick to test, diving sidekick and a rolling thunder to test for a two count. Rob Van Dam misses the five star frog splash, and then Test steals the win by putting his like he rolls him up and then he puts his hands on the rope, uh, hands on the rope. So, you know, a good I guess a good heel tactic, but uh. You know, a dirty, uh, dirty pin by uh, Test here. 
I went a star and a half, Steve. I liked I liked the match. You know, Tess looks really good here, whether he's on the juice or otherwise. You know, uh, he looks he looked good here against RVD. I just didn't like the finish. Uh, you know how. Oh, um, it's a roll-up victory, you know? Like, hit him with the big boot. I mean, he missed the five-star frog splash, hit the boot, and then pin him, you know? Like, don't don't cheat, you know? Say that you're dominant as well. But, uh, you know, I guess he need a good heel tactic. Yeah, I went, um, I went two stars on it. I thought it was a solid effort for both guys. Um, you know, both um, RVD got to obviously show off his moves, test um Seems like they're um, getting ready for him to potentially be the next challenger for Lashley. Um, I I didn't have as much of an issue with the finish as you did. Um, I get why they, you know, again, tried to keep RVD a little bit strong because I think they may have um, had him in mind as well to maybe get a uh, chance here at Lashley since he's technically still never had his one-on-one rematch for the, for the ECW title. Um, but I do, I do think um, it was best, best, better that um, tested win because, like I said, it seems like uh, with Lashley as the champion, they need somebody who's going to be a big, strong heel contender, and he seems like the guy right now. Um, when you just look at the ro- when you just look at the roster of heels they have, um, I don't think they're going to go with um, Holly at this point, and none of the other uh, heels on there seem like they're ready for a title match with Lashley. So I think Test is probably your uh, your best option right now. Yeah, it's either. Test hardcore. It's um, Kevin Thorne, and it's um, also it's like Matt Striker and the Great Kali, you know, and Davari. You know, those seem like your uh, ECW heels. But um, you know, I could have seen Great Kali uh, be a good uh, be a good thing for uh, Lashley too. That could have been an, a great match for another challenge for Bobby as well. It could have. I mean, if except for there looks like they're just kind of keeping them as uh, Davari's muscle. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, Tess seems to be like, you know, the strong heel, uh, the go-to heel for uh, Lashley. So let's keep an eye on Tess and see how uh, this one goes. And uh, let's see where they go from here. Mm-hmm. All right. So we now have, so now we have um, we do have, yes. Yep. We have Matt Stryker out and he calls. So Matt Stryker basically calls, um, Matt Stryker comes out with the school, um, like with the classroom scene. He calls Boston the revolutionary city. You know, he brings up history, how in Boston, you know, they dumped the tea with the British and, you know, they went on a, they went on a revolution against the British. But then, you know, he's like, what happened to the city? It's become a disgrace now. You can't win championships. You know, he um, he mentions, uh, you know, all of Boston's losers and, you know, the Bill Buckner incident. And, you know, speaking of balls, he calls out Balls Mahoney. And he just starts calling, like, Balls Mahoney stupid by using, like, big words and everything. And then Balls Mahoney clotheslines Matt Stryker, but then Matt Stryker low blows him. So what I learned, Steve, is that it seems like for every ECW show, 
there's always one angle that goes away for a week. So it's like last week we focused on the Mike Knox and Kelly Kelly thing. And then we switched it this week with instead of Kelly Kelly and Mike Knox, you know, because, you know, Kelly's in the hospital whiplash, they go with bringing back from December to December with no buildup at all. Match striker and balls Mahoney feud. Yeah, this was very, um, kind of weird. I mean, I, I like how, uh, you know, I, you know, fun. It's always, you know, kind of cool seeing, you know, when a heel runs down, you know, the home team, the home crowd. So obviously, you know, get some good shots in there on, um, on Boston and some of their people, you know, big, big, you know, big names. And yeah, it's like so weird that they've still, this feud's still brewing between these two. Cause you know, they had their match at, um, East, uh, December to December, which was, you know, what striker tried to, you know, force balls to play by the rules, but then balls beats him anyway, when striker probably should have won. And then they, you know, scrap here, at least striker got the better of him by giving them that low blow. But, um, yeah, it just seems really weird with, you know, that they just, that they keep this feud going. Um, and you're not sure where it's, where it's, um, what the end game for it is. Another thing as well, Steve, um, is that either you, for these ECW shows, you either have a bad opening, a bad card altogether, but a great main event, or you have a great card all the way. And then you have a bad main event. So Mike was Mike is sort of right here because, you know, I feel like for this card, it goes down a little bit. You know, like it was great with uh, RVD and Test, you know, and then we get the match striker thing. So let's see how this um, let's see how the rest of this card uh, pans out for tonight, because up mm-hmm. next we have. CM Punk versus Hardcore Holly. So they're keeping up uh, with some uh, feuds from the uh, the Elimination Chamber. You know they're mat- they're mix match they're matching or mix matching uh, everyone. Uh, you know who was involved in the chamber at one point or another. Uh, we have an arm drag and round kick to Holly, a swinging neckbreaker by Punk. The running knee and the bulldog by Punk, but it's only for a two count. And then, so basically, Hardcore Holly just starts beating up Punk, and then he gets himself disqualified because Hardcore doesn't let go by the count of five, and then just starts beating on Hardcore on CM Punk. But then uh, Punk gets. Um, Holly into the into kind of vice grip for the tap out, but CM Punk already wins by disqualification. Steve, what did you think? Uh, what did you give the match? So I gave the match a star and a quarter. Um, I thought this was an interesting kind of feud here because I know um, a lot of people, you know, the Punk fans out there are probably thinking, "Oh God, not Holly," because of you know they probably you know Holly's reputation um, at the time, but um. But I think he and Punk actually had some pretty decent chemistry. I liked. I thought the match was building well, but the but again, just the the decision made no sense. It's like why can't 
Punk just get a clean win, especially if after the bell he gets in the tap out anyway. I, it just just made no sense. I mean, at this point, Holly, you know, doesn't need protecting. He can, you know, he's the kind of guy that, you know, should be putting guys like Punk over, you know, strong. So unless, again, they're just building to something else between these two. Um, it just, again, just a weird, weird decision. Yeah. So um, I gave this a star. Um, I, I liked um, that I thought they were going to have, you know, two stiff guys going against each other. But then it's like the finish just seems out of nowhere and the disqualification seems out of rushed. And we don't have the like we don't have the GTS yet. You know, we don't have to go to sleep, you know, so Punk really just has the Anaconda vice grip, you know, like. Maybe if Punk had hadn't had a submission move and like you know he had like a straight up finisher as well, things might be different. But you know the Anaconda Vice Grip has been doing itself wonders. But uh, yeah, I was a little bit disappointed with the finish as well. And now we get again, we get Tommy Dreamer. He calls out the Great Holly, but. Again, it's Davari answering the challenge, and Davari hits Tommy Dreamer with the night with the mic. Great Khali hits Tommy from behind, but that doesn't do anything. And then Tommy Dreamer just DDTs, um, just DDTs Davari for the win. I gave it a dud, Steve. Same dud again. What are we doing? You know, two weeks in a row now, Dreamer gets a better of Davari and a quick win, and it just gets dest- destroyed by Kali. You know, at least they had the foresight to have Dreamer, you know, challenge Kali at this point. So it seems like, again, that's probably what they're going to be building to is the inevitable showdown between the two of them. But again, I think at this point, you know, any if they had anything for Davari, they just completely killed it. Now, with both him getting jobbed um, two weeks in a row now in less than three minutes... Um, after they put him over Dreamer at the pay-per-view. Yep. And uh, so hopefully either Tommy gets new material or we get new changes because uh, I'm tired of seeing Tommy Dreamer versus Davari and then the great Kali comes out and beats him up. Put him in an Extreme Rules match. Maybe they need that. If, if Kali can go and get himself extreme. Yeah. It's something, even if it's going to be, even if you just have it be a quick match, you know, do something, anything. Yeah. I mean, even if Tommy gets squashed to put over Craig Holly, you know, Tommy's a fair, fair game player and uh, he knows what's right. And, you know, if putting, trying to get Greg Holly over uh, an ECW is right. Tommy's the guy to do it. Yeah. He's been doing it his whole career pretty much. Yeah. And our main event for the evening, Steve, it is. I didn't I didn't know if uh, you caught it. Was the ECW title on the line here? I believe this was non-titled. Okay, but it is Bobby Lashley versus Paul Heyman's personal security. So the remnants of Paul Heyman still being here are alive and well as... The riot squad literally just get their butts kicked by by Lashley. 
Um, they hit him with a nightstick, but that doesn't really do anything because Bobby Lashley just comes back and puts on a dominating performance. You know, you see a dominator and a bunch of spears. I want to give it a quarter star. That's only because of Bobby's performance. It is this match has no business being in the ring. If it's a squash match, it's a squash match, but it was a great way to send the fans home, you know, with Bobby's dominating performance and the fans wanted to see Bobby. They saw Bobby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I gave it um, three quarters of a star Uh, pretty much again, just put kind of put an end, put in the, you know, final, final nail to the, to Paul Heyman by having his, uh, his goons here get wiped out by Lashley. I mean, again, like you said, this was pretty much, you know, the, they got a few shots in, but they um, they put over Lashley strong. He takes both of them out with fairly fairly ease, and I think this is it for them. Um, I think they're gone by by the by the beginning of next year, and then they're of the Fashion Brothers. Not, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're doing much. I think they may have made like one or two appearances with TNA, but then that's pretty much it for them, which is some which is kind of unfortunate because. Um, you know, they were a decent tag team and, you know, at a time when they probably needed tag teams during that mid 2000s period, they could have been a good, uh, good pair of hands. But uh, but at this point, you know, I think they're, you know, they've unfortunately outlived their usefulness. Yeah. You know, in 2003 and 2004, they had really good runs. And then 2000 and late 2004 and 05, you know, it seemed like their run was done there. Because, you know, the whole cabinet was, uh, JBL's cabinet was falling apart. But uh, they were good for the, um, they were good for the cabinet. I love the, the, the whole heel tactic of the switches, you know, that's how they won the title. And, um, you know, Shaniqua being there, being their, uh, you know, uh, manager too was, was fun. Uh, she, she would like, you know, hit him with the whip. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, but I like the whole switching part, too. It was a great tag team tactic. So, uh, yeah, they did a good job uh, putting Bobby over. Well, Steve, um, surprisingly enough, we have only one more show of 2006 next time, and we will be in 2007 as well on uh, next time's show. But that's going to do it for this week's uh this uh, edition of Extreme Resurrection. But before we go, Steve, do you have anything that you want to promote or direct uh, the listeners to? Yeah, so like you mentioned, I can usually be found over on the PTB and Pop Experience. I have a few shows over there. Um, I have Pop Goes to Classics, where myself, Andy Atherton, and Miranda Berthold are going through all the Disney animated films. Uh, We are headstrong into the uh, Disney Renaissance. Um, Our most recent episode, we did Aladdin. And next, of course, will be The Lion King as we complete that uh, that great trifecta of, um, of films, including Beauty and the Beast, um, arguably the three greatest films that they've ever done. Uh, I also, of course, have Mickey Mount Rushmore, where me and a different panel um, discuss various topics. And also, we have a new show debuting um, that's already have debuted, um, depending on when this drops over there. It's the, uh, the PTPN Video Jukebox Song of the Day, where... We basically um, live watch a music video and um, talk about it. So kind of similar to what um, the guys over at the North-South Connection were doing when they were going through all the uh, the big WWE pay-per-view and TV matches. So uh, look for 
look for me there. I've got some episodes coming down the pike, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of the North-South Connection, um, I made my way over there also for a few episodes. Um, I was on a recent edition of Ruthlessly Aggressive um, with Jake, where we discussed the Raw and SmackDown after the 2003 Royal Rumble. So we are knee-deep into uh, beginning the road to WrestleMania. Uh, a lot of fun looking back on that. And I made my debut on the Jenny position, finally, where me and Jennifer Smith on You Heard About Pluto watched uh, the Comedy Central channel, and we wa- which included um, a pair of classic season one episodes of South Park. So a lot of great, um, a lot of great stuff there. Yeah, it was fun, especially since um, I think since Jenny had not seen those either ever or very or not recently. So that was uh, a lot of fun to look back at. Um, so obviously, so like I said, you know, that's a, that's all fun and make sure you guys check out everything on all the feeds, um, the, the, uh, pop feed North South connection with the Jenny position and here on the wrestling feed. Uh, you can usually find me on the, uh, PTBM Facebook page. Uh, a lot of great discussions over there. Hopefully our next tournament should be starting up soon. It's going to be a fun one. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, check out uh, everything that uh, the place to be has to offer on our quad of pods. Um, as Steve mentioned on, uh, you know, Making Mount Rushmore, he's the Making Mount Rushmore pop um, pop edition host. Uh, I was on uh, the last episode where we did Disney princesses and villains, and uh, it was along with me, Kyle Lemke, and. Uh, and uh, Chad Campbell, we discussed our favorite uh, Disney princesses and uh, Disney villains. And uh, that was a really great talk. Those are uh, two great topics, Steve. I really enjoyed that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always great to, to talk um, to, Dis- to talk Disney. Like I said, um, there's plenty of uh, plenty of topics surrounding Disney that you can do. So I'm hoping to uh, to do that again on a future episode. Yeah, well, from Steve Riddle and myself, James Groomberg, this has been another great edition of Extreme Resurrection. Stay extreme, and we will see you next time.
Don't question